0: Leila
1: And I'm Marcus Rosati.
0: And this is Passport Necessary, a podcast dedicated to growing up as a TCK and how it's affecting us now that we are adults. And today we're Mm -hmm. going to talk about something that I have grown to love very much, um, is coffee and coffee culture in different places that we've lived in.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So Marcus, do you like coffee?
1: I've stopped drinking it recently, but the thing is, is that I suppose it's just I'm not sure that coffee culture in Britain is as good as it could be. <laughs> I think there is that. Like, a lot of people love drinking it. A lot of people, you know, they go to Starbucks, they go to Costa Coffee, they go to Cafe Nero. Um, but I think the culture is not as heavily geared towards it as it would be somewhere like the United States. Yeah. And I know that the cultures in France are different as well and to do with coffee and all that sort of stuff. So Britain is a much more sort of tea and alcohol or tea and beer culture in a certain sense. Mm -hmm. Less sort of focus on coffee as such. Which is kind of a shame.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, I definitely recognize the last time I went to the UK, there was a lot less coffee. Not that it didn't seem available, but it didn't seem to be something Mm. that people were like actively seeking out. Whereas here in the States, like at least in cities, Um, I don't know how it is in more like urban areas, but in cities, there's usually like a coffee shop within like a, like no more than a 10 minute radius, like usually less than that, especially when you're in bigger cities where there's like basically a coffee shop and on almost every street.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is in Britain, you have like the chains, but you don't have as strong of a focus on sort of nice coffee I think I mean that sounds a bit be careful what I say here um but it's just it's much more sort of industrialized in its sense it's not actually a kind of thing where you kind of like go to a nice cafe that is sort of like done locally if you know what I mean where people sort of like really care about the coffee itself Mm -hmm. it's much more um sort of a chain setup
0: yeah It's it's interesting because in the States there seems to be a mix of both. There's chain coffee Mm. and then there's more like mom and pop shop or what I would say like boutique coffee shops and where coffee is seen as like there, there's almost a preciousness to coffee where it's like you Mm. want, they want to know what the source is. Um, A lot of places, if they're more boutique, they'll, um, they'll do it themselves. Like they'll, roast the coffees themselves or they'll source Mm. directly with local with farmers or they'll source uh, ethically with farmers like that's a really big thing here in the states especially with smaller Mm -hmm. coffee shops if they can do it they try to do that um so it's interesting to see how like the reaction towards coffee is very different and I actually I was curious as to why it was so different in the UK versus the US and one of the things I found out is that Coffee became so big in the United States during our Revolutionary War because as a way of like, say, no, we hate you to the English, we (laughs) basically like saw it as unpatriotic to drink tea. So to have that same like caffeine or that boost switched over to coffee. And so that kind of, it basically became like the Revolutionary War's version of like freedom fries remember when that was a thing (laughs) during the iraq war (laughs) like basically that's what happened they used like food as a way of like being patriotic and marketing towards like we're not drinking tea because that's anti-american and
1: that really makes sense because if you look at the way that the british ran their empire a huge amount of money was made out of tea Mm -hmm. it was just so important that you got hold of tea and really a lot of I mean, just about the time, well, a little while before, a few decades before the the Revolutionary War in the States, I mean, Britain had just started to be able to start, well, exerting control over India. And obviously there's places to get tea there, so it's an important thing. Mm -hmm. And then trade with China, also tea was a big deal with that. So it was a very sort of important imperial commodity. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Whereas I think things like coffee are much more, you can grow them a bit more in certain parts of North America and sort of areas like that. So I suppose if you have the right sort of plantations, you can do it. Whereas tea, there's the really Britain just spent its time trading it. It didn't actually ever grow it necessarily as such. I mean, unless it was in a colony yeah. like India.
0: Yeah, and actually because I have dipped my toes working as a barista uh, within the past mm-hmm. couple of months, uh, one of the things that we learn is that coffee is actually found in very specific areas. So you can grow mm-hmm. it within the States, but you have to have very specific growing uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like sets. So unless it's within yeah. a greenhouse, you're not really going to be able to naturally grow it. It's not going to taste the same. Mm-hmm. So most places mm-hmm. will source it from South America, Africa, yeah. or um, Southeast Asia. And so right. because of that, there there is a lot of issues with like fair trade and Ethically sourcing your beans, uh, which is a big conversation that's happening right now within the coffee industry, is you know how yeah. how do, are we ethical about this? Because major companies are making a lot of money off of coffee, and these areas that are growing, what is needed for these co- corporations to run, we need to make sure mm-hmm. that they're also taken care of and that they're not being abused or taken advantage of, and that's yeah, it's it's a very needed conversation that that has to be had and I I think what's interesting is that in the states coffee is viewed as something where it's like for many Americans it is the drink you have to have in the morning it's not something where it's like oh I want it it's I need to have it to get my day started which I think in England the similar thing would be a cup of tea
1: yes you do have people who prefer coffee over tea but tea is quite common i mean i don't know in the states whether how many people would actually say yeah i definitely need a cup of tea Mm -hmm. i don't know how many uh, whereas in britain it's maybe not 50 50 but kind of there will be a lot of people who will drink tea instead of coffee Mm -hmm. um i've kind of shifted over to tea but i don't have that much of it um just because i realized for me caffeine is just not something i can really cope with very well just because it makes me really jittery Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and since i've kind of like come off of like drinking it it does actually make me feel a lot better um, I'm, I think I'm just one of those people that's just a bit highly strong. So the thing is that having coffee in the morning is not a good idea. <laughs> um, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, I used to I used to drink it every single day, but I don't anymore. And it just seems to work. Um, but yeah, you do see it a lot less in Britain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oftentimes it will be a cup of tea. Somebody will make a pot tea in the morning and that's what you have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and coffee culture in Britain... Doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't exist in such a strong way. It's not like in places like France, where you have like particular sorts of things that you do in France or in Italy or places like that. Where you know, like in in Europe, Italy is known for its coffee.
0: Yeah, its I coffee actually culture. have a very funny story when it comes to coffee in France. Because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so my partner came to France. It was pretty early in our dating experience, and. Mm -hmm. I invited him to come to France and he grew up in New York. So like New York was what he knew and he himself has admitted he's quite addicted to coffee. He loves coffee, he likes the taste of it, he enjoys having it. And when he came Mm -hmm. to France, I don't think he was ready for the experience. Um, In France, when you get coffee, when you order a coffee, you're getting Mm -hmm. an espresso. That's what you're getting. If you order a coffee, you will receive a shot of espresso. And so when my partner came to France, he was like, he started craving that feeling of like walking around with a cup of coffee in your hand, which is very common in the States. And so he was having a really hard time where he would be like, I just want a cup of drip coffee. That's all I want. I was like, babe, you're not going to get it here in France. Like, it's just (laughs) not, the. that's not how people in France drink coffee. They just drink espresso. And so Mm. he, it got to the point where we were wandering around in, uh, was it Le Marais? No, it was the uh, uh, the front, the Latin Quarter, the Quartier Latin, mm-hmm. and there was a Starbucks. And he saw a Starbucks, and he was like, oh, right. oh, "I'm gonna get a coffee. I'm gonna finally get my drip coffee." So he goes in there, <laughs> orders a cup of coffee, and he literally got an espresso. <laughs> <laughs> And he was so disappointed he was like what how oh, no. how is this possible it was like I can make you drip coffee in the morning when we're at home and he's like that's not the <laughs> point I want to walk around with a cup of coffee in my hand
1: <laughs> oh, dear.
0: and it's told him, I was like the closest you're gonna get is if you order an Americano and even then they're not gonna mm. give it to you in like a big cup to go. Like they're, they're going to give it to you in a smaller portion. And even like portion sizes Mm -hmm. overseas, if you go to Starbucks, not in the States, their sizes are smaller. They don't have as big of a coffee size as we do. Um, so it's just so funny that he was so like upset about this thing that he (laughs) saw as normal within the States and within his like daily life. And then in France is just, it's not really accessible. That's just not how coffee culture is experienced in france and people in france love espressos they love them Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i it's a funny thing is like the adding milk to the coffee is one of those things that seems to be a much more sort of british slash american thing whereas i suppose they had to in italy as well but it's it's I mean all the sort of names of coffees in in America are Italian, essentially, aren't they? I mean,
0: and actually, I learned recently that the reason for it was because espresso the espresso machine was invented by Italians, and so in honor of that, ah. a lot of drinks are named after Italian names, but they're not necessarily i mean some of them are Italian inventions, but not all mm-hmm. of them are um yeah, which I do think is really interesting that they were like, we'll yeah. I'll keep the tradition of just naming it Italian things. <laughs> Well, It's like
1: cafe latte, I'm assuming, is not necessarily particularly Italian, is it? I mean, a cappuccino, I assume, is, but I don't know.
0: So the difference between a latte and a cappuccino is just that a cappuccino has more foam. So yeah. whereas yeah. a latte has a lot less foam in it. And um, I think in general, Americans, most Americans prefer having milk and sugar in their coffee. Um, mm-hmm. I, It's a lot. You find a lot less people who are like a black coffee drinker or if they are a black coffee drinker, they like very specific coffee, coffee roasts. Like for myself, I'm not really a big fan of dark roast coffees. I find them to be very bitter and acidic. Um, so I usually Mm -hmm. find myself if I am drinking a dark coffee, I do add milk and sugar to it just to alleviate some of that bitterness and acidity, um, but usually, I'm a really big fan of lighter roasts, like mediums or blondes. I really mm-hmm. like them. Um I just find them to be a lot less acidic. And actually, something that's been a little bit more recent within coffee culture, but I personally love, and I think it's a great thing that has started becoming to become more popular, is cold brews. Um, right. And I think that actually got really big in Japan, too, is having like... Yes. Ice ice coffee. Ice coffee is so big mm-hmm. in Japan. And actually there's a yeah. specific type of way of making ice coffee that's considered like Japanese style where you brew oh, Okay. Yeah, if you brew hot coffee over ice, that's considered a Japanese style ice coffee.
1: Oh, okay. That's interesting. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, whereas other uh ice coffees, it might be closer to like a cold brew where you um You basically leave the grounds, I mean, in a bag. Don't just, like, throw grounds Mm. of coffee in the water. That's (laughs) going to be gross. (laughs) But you bag the coffee grounds. You grind them up quite roughly. And then you just let them Mm -hmm. sit for a minimum of 24 hours, if not, uh, yeah, 20, 20 to 24 hours. And then you get a very mild, almost sweet, kind of coffee taste because you don't get that acidity mm-hmm. that gets released when you're essentially boiling the bean you're getting yeah. a much milder mellow flavor because the water has just been slowly releasing the coffee flavor over a longer period ah. of time
1: that's interesting the one thing i do talking about japan briefly is also one thing i remember there is I don't know if they do it anywhere else, but in the vending machines, you could buy cans of coffee.
0: Yes, I love that. Especially, do you remember Mr. Black Coffee?
1: I do remember it. I don't remember whether I had it or not, but I do remember it.
0: They're very often, so that's the thing with the canned coffees in Japan, very often they are pre-sweetened. Oh, yeah. They do have black like just unsweet no milk coffee in a can that you can buy from vending machines but a lot of the times if you're buying it from a vending machine it, there's a pretty good likelihood that it's going to be sweet
1: yeah yeah but it was kind of nice in the winter to be able to get a hold of that if it's just a, sitting on a train platform he's going oh i'll have one of them <laughs> it just it it just helps. like especially if it's cold you're just kind of going yeah i'll have one of them
0: yeah and that's
1: something i don't think you'd see in
2: the oh.
1: states i'm assuming or, or definitely not in britain
0: I don't think I've seen well, you, that not I to my knowledge
1: no I don't, I don't know whether you can I haven't looked to be fair but I it's not something that you would happen in Britain that you would be able to get a hot one anyway like there's usually like a vending machine like that or, like it would put you get your cup and then the coffee machine will put the coffee in for you mm-hmm. I've seen that in shops and stuff but I haven't seen like cans of coffee to go or at least I haven't noticed any. I could just—I haven't been looking, but I haven't noticed any.
0: Well, that's the thing that's also really big in Japan is vending machines, and one of the things that I think a lot of uh, Westerners get surprised by when they go to visit Japan (laughs) is the fact that a lot of vending machines in Japan will have both cold and hot drinks. Mm. So if you choose to get like, you could order a hot chocolate, you could order, you could get like a cup of coffee, like you were saying, or a can. Sorry, it's not in a cup. And sometimes you can Mm. even get soups. I've gotten soup from a vending yeah, machine yeah, yeah. in Japan and it was hot, like yeah, boiling yeah. hot. So <laughs> I burnt myself basically trying to drink oh, no. this stupid thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of surprising when you first see it. Cause you're like, it's hot. What? It's in a vending machine. Mm. Trust me. It is hot. You're going to want to wait until you drink it. Cause it is at a point yep. where you're like, I could hurt myself if I drink this. <laughs>
2: yes.
1: Yes. And the other thing that people are surprised by is that the f- machines haven't been vandalized. That's the other thing.:
0: I mean, when it comes to crime like that, Japan is actually really good about that stuff. That was something that I actually always remember telling people when they were going to Japan. I'm like, physical safety, when it comes to like your physical safety, you're really safe in Japan. In yeah. general. I yeah. mean, there are some places maybe, that I don't know, that I've never been to that might be a little bit more dangerous. Like, just be smart anywhere you go. Yeah. But yeah. in general, Japan is very good about the physical safety of its citizens. Vandalism is not mm. really a thing. Um, carjacking is not really a thing. Um no. Theft is not really a big thing there. Um, Most of the crime that happens in Japan usually falls under organized crime or like
2: Mm -hmm.
0: large scale bribery and like corruption, Yeah, but not really pet, like what would be considered petty crime. That's not as big of a thing in Japan.
1: Yeah. I mean, it does happen, but it's not anywhere near the scale you would see it in Britain. Oh no. I mean, certainly it's just, I mean, yeah. York is safe by British standards, but it's still more dangerous than most of the big cities that I've been in in Japan, to be fair.
0: Yeah, for so. sure, for sure. And I think I think what's interesting, like having been to Japan and then coming back to the West was like having to remember how to be hyper aware of safety in my physical mm-hmm. being. Whereas in Japan, that was something that kind of got... Um, not forgotten, but you kind of take it for granted that you'll be safe. Yeah, um, sli-
1: It becomes slightly eroded, doesn't it? That sense of danger. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry so much.
0: How did we get here I mean, from coffee?
1: Definitely- <laughs> uh, vending machines. I was going to say, you could be sure that nobody's going to steal your coffee. <laughs> to swing it back around.
0: No, that's true. No one's going to steal your coffee at all. Actually, yeah. something that I remember seeing in Japan quite often would be Starbucks Starbucks was big in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um actually I think the first time I ever had Starbucks was in Japan and it was because they had all mm. of the like quote unquote weird flavors like for an American palate right, or for yeah. a western palate it would be considered weird like I remember mm-hmm. there was a sakura latte which is like a cherry blossom and I mean the matcha latte which is now a thing here in the states and people love it. Um yes. I'm a big fan of it. I love a matcha latte. I love a matcha latte. Isn't it more of
1: tea, though, basically? Or do they actually have coffee in it as well?
0: No, no, it's it's just the tea. It's uh, matcha powder. It has some sugar added to it. And then Mm -hmm. um, if you get it hot, it gets mixed in with the milk and steamed together. Or if you're getting it cold, it gets all shaken up so that it blends in properly. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I... I love matcha, so I'm always a fan of it. I don't get it very often because it is so sugary. Um, and usually yeah. if I'm going to Starbucks, I want like that caffeine kick. Um, mm. But it, it is delicious. It's like a once in a while treat for me. I'll go and get, yeah. if anything, I go and get the matcha frappuccino. Because that's like oh, over right. the top. <laughs> 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 um, I'm trying to remember. Was, oh, sorry. What were you going to say?
1: Sorry. One thing I was, you can't really talk about coffee without... Talking about the Middle East because that's kind of like where it all kicked off and it, all the sort of thing. One of the coffees I do like is Turkish coffee, or they call Turkish coffee.
0: My dad is you know, obsessed basically... with Turkish coffee.
1: Oh my god, it's so good! <laughs> and it, it's so much fun as well because you basically just put the grounds. It's like this fine powder. You just put the grounds into this little silver pot pour the water in and just watch it boil for a bit and then you pour it out and it's just like it's thick so you do have this basically like mud at the bottom of it so you have to be a bit careful about it when you get to the bottom but you put the sugar in you let it settle a bit and then you drink it and then when you get to the bottom you know they do the whole fortune telling thing they turn it upside down and have a look and see what the images on the inside are like it's like reading tea leaves but they do it with a I want to do that so
0: bad. I want to do that so bad. I want to go to Istanbul really bad. That's like one of my dream places that I want to visit. I want to visit Istanbul because my mom has been, she actually lived in Turkey Mm -hmm. for a little bit before I was born. Mm -hmm. And she, whenever she talks about it, every time I'm always like, I want to go visit. I want to go. Yeah. And I think the, I don't know if it was the first time he had it, but I remember one of the times that, uh, my partner and I went to Canada in Toronto, which by the way, if you Mm -hmm. like coffee, Toronto is a place to go because they have coffee everywhere, everywhere. And they're not just chains. Like they, there's a lot of really small shops all over the place. Okay. Which is cool. And one of the places we went to, they like focused on Turkish style coffee. They had other coffee types too, but like he literally had the like sand pit where they warm up the sand and that's how you warm the coffee is in the container and you move it. It was so cool to watch him make the coffee. And I remember my partner (laughs) drinking it and he was just like, oh, I'm going to be awake for a while. I was like, I did warn you, it's very strong.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think... (laughs) What was it? I think it was my dad was talking. I think he was in Kuwait for a while. I think he was talking about a guy who'd been sort of involved in the war between Iran and Iraq in the sort of early 80s. So this is just pre the Gulf War, but um, after the Iran-Iraq War. And I think this guy had been in the war. And the only thing that he had to kind of, like, calm him down and stuff, was to drink coffee all the time. And this was, like, the black coffee, Turkish coffee. And apparently he was drinking so much of the stuff that he was just shaking all the time.
0: Oh, my gosh. It was
1: the, I, 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 I'm pro- maybe misremembering this slightly, but it was somebody who had been in a war. And this was, I'm pretty sure, in um, Kuwait. And he just drank coffee all the time.
2: Oh, Because the gosh. only
1: thing... Because, obviously, you can't have alcohol. Right. And there's not a lot else to, sort of, like, use. So, apparently, he just... Drank coffee all the time to <laughs> help him out. I don't know why, but uh, apparently it sort of works I mean, that's—I could be a smashing two stories together, but that's what I remember my dad telling me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's strong stuff. It's very nice, but one's enough.
0: Yeah, no, that's not a multi-cup yeah. a day drink. That is a one and done. No. You are not drinking anything else unless you want to have heart palpitations.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's Basically, actually. You drink one of those in the morning, you'll be running out the door and never be seen again. <laughs>
0: you would for sure
1: <laughs> yeah no oh, definitely no
0: <laughs> yeah i i'm i'm more sensitive to coffee than my than my partner is he'll drink like mm-hmm. 3 cups of coffee just to get his day started and like if right. i have 3 cups of coffee i'm going to start to shake my stomach's going to hurt like it's not good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um But I remember actually another coffee I want to have and I haven't had it yet is uh, Cuban coffee because I heard that's also very strong, but it tastes very good. Um, So I really Mm want to try that. And another style of coffee that I've had that I love and it's so good, but again, it's very strong is Vietnamese Mm -hmm. coffee. And Vietnamese coffee is a coffee where like you drink it and it is served to you with, I believe, condensed milk. Oh, right. Because it is bitter. If you don't have it with milk added mm-hmm. to it, it really tastes way too strong and bitter. So most people will drink Vietnamese coffee with condensed milk in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. This is probably a bit sort of Which is the one that has to pass through an animal before you can have it?
0: Oh, that's the palm civet. That's the one of the most oh, expensive right, okay. coffees in the world.
2: Yeah. I think um, it's called... There were-
0: Kasumazu, I could be wrong. Right. Let me look at it's, it's, it. <laughs> Let me look at it, it. up. just because it was
1: a, There were a couple of comedians in Britain who it was at the time of the financial crisis, and so they weren't really sure that they were doing the right thing. But there was this like, how far could you get on ten thousand pounds? in Azerbaijan was one of the TV shows that they did, <laughs> and so they got sent off to Azerbaijan. I think it was. So it's in well, it's certainly Armenia. I think it was Azerbaijan that they went to specifically, and they're trying. They had to spend all the money and get rid of it before before the end of the show. And they were having this joke about drinking cat bum coffee, which is basically because they got the wrong animal, for but they're talking about how they went and had some of this stuff and going, oh, yeah, it's great having all this money in it. Do you want some cat bum coffee? Which is <laughs> a bit disgusting, but that's how they described it. And he's kind of going, what the hell?
0: So it's called I, I it's wasn't... called Kopi Luwak. Okay. And it is a coffee that is um, given to an Asian palm civet. And then... Um, right basically the cherries the because coffee isn't actually a bean it's a cherry um it's like the yeah. nut that comes out of the cherry and it gets fermented mm-hmm. as it's going through the animals' intestines and then mm-hmm. once it's like done it's then like cleaned and then it gets ground and made into coffee and it's actually mainly made in Indonesia so it's like very very specific
1: right. okay I'm assuming that basically the people who took coffee over to indonesia with a dutch I, I assume that i don't know why just because the thing is is that i don't i mean i suppose they could have traded with the middle east and got it themselves but i know that the dutch had huge amounts of trading between those parts of the world so and they had colonies around there so i've heard it was a dutch that actually built up a huge sort of like coffee building industry coffee growing industry out there
2: mm-hmm. i don't
1: know how true it is because i know that the earlier story of people's Well, the story goes that when coffee was first found to be something that people could use, I'm not sure whether this was, it might just be apocryphal, but the story goes that there was a goat herder somewhere in Ethiopia, I think it was, Mm -hmm. and he discovered his goats were eating these cherries and these goats started to get really manic and get a bit hyper. So he wondered what it was. So he found out they were eating these and tried it himself i found it had a really sort of like powerful effect on his body and he just got you know felt like had a lot of energy and all that sort of stuff and apparently that's where well that's the first known record or first known idea of people you know using finding out that coffee worked as a, as a substance to i don't know when they decided to make it into a drink but obviously they um, thought it was a good idea but I, that's the earliest known thing that i've heard of that comes from like coffee drinking and all that sort of stuff or at least you Making use of coffee beans and coffee plants.
0: Hmm. I I've heard that story I too. I it's pretty pretty well known as the like apocryphal origins of like how coffee was mm-hmm. discovered, which I mean makes sense to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it does come from a berry, so it would make sense that an animal would or we would be the first to discover it by eating it and not by like
2: uh, yeah. I wonder
0: what it tastes like. But, like that would come down the line. Um, yeah and actually one thing I wanted to mention because if I didn't mention it I would be uh, besmirching my Louisiana heritage um, <laughs> there's a type of coffee that's really popular in South Louisiana um, I don't know what it's like in the north but in South Louisiana it's really popular it's called chicory coffee and it's mm-hmm. uh, quite bitter I um, I'm not okay. the biggest fan of it unless it is made as a, a cafe au lait which is basically just right, milk yeah. with with coffee milk basically. Um mm-hmm. I personally find that if it isn't made as a coffee milk it is just so bitter and just undrinkable right. in my opinion. I don't like it that way. I only have yeah. had it as a cafe latte and or and I, I do like it. And I would recommend if you ever go down into Louisiana, <laughs> go get yourself a chicory coffee, cafe au cafe au lait style and get it with a beignet because you know, you gotta yeah.
1: <laughs> all that sugar.
0: You need to balance it out with a cup of coffee.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I will do that.
0: Yes. Next it's really I'm good. <laughs> But I love, I think it's really nice to see that there is, at least in the States, I I know you said that in the UK, it's not really like this, but I am happy to see in the States that there's been a little bit more of a growing understanding of coffee culture in the sense of like learning about the origins of beans and understanding Mm. like, do I like certain types of coffee? Do I like a medium roast? Do I like a blonde roast? Do I like a dark? Do I like it with lots of sugar? Do I like it with no sugar? Like... Learning your preferences of coffee make it that when you go to other locations and you start saying like, okay, well, I like this kind of style, it helps you understand better and maybe even expand your worldview a little bit when it comes to coffee. Because I know for myself, when I first started drinking coffee, I hated it. I thought it was so bitter. I did not appreciate it at all. I love the smell of it because I grew up mm. my whole life smelling Coffee that my dad would make every morning. And I, every time I tried it when I was young, I hated how bitter it was. And so throughout college, I started drinking coffee as a means to becoming more awake. It was for the purpose of I'm drinking coffee because I'm tired. I need to get some energy. And it Mm. took maybe the past two years for me to, like, two years ago was when I really started to try and expand my palate by not getting stuff with sugar and milk in it, really trying to like actually try black coffee. And my first step into doing that was trying iced coffees and then, and cold brews, Mm -hmm. trying stuff where like it naturally isn't as bitter because it's not Mm -hmm. hot. And then over time working my way towards hot black coffees. And now it's gotten to the point where like, I actually do prefer a black coffee. I really enjoy it. Mm. And I think it gives you a little bit more of a window into understanding, like, why do I like the certain style of coffee, regardless of like what you add to it?
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing, generally speaking, I think the idea of drinking coffee is probably a lot better for you, even, you know, with the, um, it's a better way of getting caffeine than something like say energy drinks So having not have them in britain you see people wandering around with those and i used to drink them when i was doing overnight shifts at mcdonald's and jesus christ i'm pretty sure it didn't do me any good i haven't had one in years and i refuse to drink them anymore just because i don't want to know what kind of damage it did when it was there i mean they're <laughs> frightening they are frightening uh, but people like you say like, oh i haven't had i haven't had an energy drink this morning and you're kind of going God, I'm glad I don't do that anymore. It's
0: yeah. Just, I. It worries me. I, I was going through a period because of all the jobs I was doing where I had one or two energy drinks and I could tell that it was really affecting me. Like I would mm-hmm. get, I would crash so hard from it or like yes. the next day I wouldn't fully recuperate from with sleep and I would feel so much more tired. And it was something where like mm-hmm. I could tell physically it was taking a toll on me. And there are some yeah. people They can dr- they can pound away an energy drink And they're fine But mm-hmm. I know personally It doesn't do well for me So if I'm going to have an en- Quote-unquote energy drink I'm yeah. probably going to go more towards coffee Yeah So
1: that's the lesson for today Coffee <laughs> It's coffee. good
2: for
1: you <laughs> Don't drink energy drinks <laughs>
0: Well, that's, that's coffee for you. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Excuse me. You have me laughing so hard. I'm choked. (laughs) Uh, um, So thank you so much for joining us today. It was really fun talking about coffee Mm -hmm. and I hope you have a good rest of the day. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, If you want to find us, we are on Twitter at Passport, N-E-C-E-S-S-1. We are also on YouTube and you can find us anywhere where fine podcasts can be found Um, through Anchor. That is our main platform, but you can also find us through Spotify, Apple Music, etc. Please feel free to leave us a comment, a review. We definitely appreciate those. They make us really happy uh, to see them and feel free to um, send us questions via Twitter or any of the uh, formats that we're on we have some really exciting episodes lined up in the future um and hopefully we will have a facebook group that will be up and running soon uh where you can absolutely chat with other people who listen to the podcast or even ask us questions uh so thank you so much again for listening and we can't wait to see you next time bye